Hello there and welcome back to BizPod. On today's episode we're going to talk about brand identity. It's pretty simple so let's get into it. Enjoy! Hello and welcome. I am Anton Winters and I am joined by... Are you Anton Winters? I would have never known. I am Louise Duncan. And today, yeah, we're discussing brand identity, which is uh, quite a fun thing. I think this is something that we we take good pride in at Napa Media LP and it's uh, something we get the compliments on, I would say. Yeah, I know it's something that you sort of have as a a bit more of a personal hobby in regards to the company. So, So I would say that brand identity is very much your baby, but we both have elements of it that we deal with. So we thought, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's get right into it. Yeah. And, you know, I think brand identity is kind of fun in the fact that it's you know, it's a lot of people, like it has that aura of, oh, big fancy business stuff. And you know, that's like a business keyword. But to be honest, it's really simple kind of going through it. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about some stuff with um, a couple of our interviews, if you may have heard it. I think um, levels of sort of personalization and how to explore your brand and also what your brand can really mean to you. So it's it's a really powerful thing that... Um, I guess I didn't realise how important it was going into it. Um, so, yeah, we've learned as we've gone. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest, this, like, to put it simply, is really just the image of your company. Like, when people think of your company or, to be honest, even just yourself as an individual, if you're kind of a sole trader or working freelance, it's just the, the image they have of you. Um, and, you know, that can be how you present things and also kind of comes across in your work in many ways. Mm. It's it, there's sort of arts and science behind it very much with um how how to keep something that is uh, striking is I think that word because you yes you want people to be able to remember um yourself and your brand and also have it so that when they see their brand or your brand they know it's you and that um you are directly linked with your company in that kind of way. Absolutely. So yeah, do you wanna do you wanna talk a little bit about our logo specifically? Anton? Yeah, where you know I think this looking at how we've done stuff kind of walks through a little bit of why brand identity is quite handy and how it can be quite important. So you know, you know a lot of the the key elements you know is your you know your company name, logo, the kind of visual aesthetics around it, and you know, for instance, in our case, you know we've kind of built a certain aesthetic that. I think was part of our goal of trying to be a little bit friendlier where, you know, there there's many media production companies and many uh, kind of film companies and photography and graphic design. Uh, and we kind of found just as an outsider looking in that sometimes, you know, they went so, so much after, you know, the pro and kind of we're super professional and techni- like all this that they kind of lose a little bit of personalness to them. So, you know, for us, it was very much yeah. trying, let's make ourselves look personable and friendly. But I also think we're so small scale that I think it's really easy for us to look personable and friendly because spoilers, we are. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and and I think with a lot of the work that I had already done with my other sort of photography work and whatever, um, and then the, just the general, the way that we both sort of present ourselves on social media, making a kind of a curated 
personalized touch was sort of what we wanted to go for. So it's the kind of we do lots of selfies. Um, we use I we language. Um, first person. You know, it is. It is quite important. I we is not first person. We is a different. But <laughs> it was quite important that we were us. You know, that the company is us and that we were us, but that we're selling it. I think there's also. There is space for expansion later of whether we get more people or, or we sort of change our branding. But for now, it, it is we are the company. You know, if you hire us, we're the ones who'll turn up. So I think that was really important to keep that in our online and social presence, which is so, so, so involved in our branding. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if you at the kind of core of any strong brand identity is knowing what the kind of values mm. you're wanting to get across. And um, I know if you're maybe having to design stuff yourself or if you're kind of uh, contracting out to get somebody to do that, um, being able to understand what elements maybe get that across. So, you know, in our case, you know, it was kind of using f like light colors, like we didn't want to go for like dark looks. Uh, and, you know, that kind of extends for a lot of the work that we do where, you know, we're not mm. being super kind of uh, detailed or in terms of just being like, here's how you like, you know, we're like the best of this. It's a lot more just being like, yeah, we're creating cool, creative stuff that's fun and exciting. Yeah. And, and you know, even when designing the website, that was really important about our branding, everything, you know, the web faces, the, the web pages, the typography, the fonts, the pictures, all of that, all of that is branding. Um, anything that people really look at or interact sort of becomes part of your identity and, and that's it. Is brand identity is sort of one, one entity in itself. Um, you know, I think I, I I sort of focus a little bit more on the social media side because that's definitely more of what I manage. But it's that kind of thing of understanding that each different social media platform kind of has its own identity in itself. So part of the work that we do is not just only keeping our brand identity cohesive for the different platforms, um, but also keep it so that you know, LinkedIn is maybe a more professional space. We wouldn't put as many selfies up on there, but it's also understanding like what is the content that we put up there? What are we trying to do with that platform? Um, how do we again keep that tied into what we do? And as Instagram is a lot more friendly, a lot more clickable, and we've got a lot more friends on there. So of course it's lovely to share a bit more selfies, but then that content still has to transfer somehow that information over to LinkedIn. So there's a lot of different sort of ways that you can do that. So it is digestible on both platforms, but without just repeating the content. And yeah, I, I kind of love it though. Absolutely. And I, I think that the balance of consistency and tailoring is probably the the biggest uh, investment that you'll be doing into, you know, forming that strong brand identity. Because uh, underpinning everything would be the idea that, you know, consistency is key. Um, You know, it's kind of, it kind of demonstrates that you're established and you put thought throughout a lot of the things that you're doing and everything's purposeful and that you, you're kind of on top of it. But at the same time, it is, you know, weaving that into other stuff. So, you know, for instance, if you uh, run a toy store um, or are making like handcrafted something, it's having, you know, elements of that transferred, let's say, into an invoice where, you know, it is a, a more serious documentation but, you know, you want it to not feel off the shelf and, you know, it has like it's came from you and that you've put thought through the, the entire process of the business that you're running. 
Yeah, I mean, similarly, if if you have like a, a business social media platform, you know, and you use it like a personal one, so you maybe don't double check it for spelling mistakes or, you know, the images are slightly low quality, um, stuff like, you know, fonts and, and um, colour inconsistencies can kind of put people off because it, it sort of feels like you're maybe not putting enough sort of attention, energy into it. Um, and it's like, well, this guy does it really well and I'm looking for the really nice furniture. So I would I would maybe buy the furniture from the guy who's done it well kind of thing. Um, but that, that sort of comes in even when you're talking about like product photography and whatever, that all sort of becomes part of your identity is if you're really investing in how to look sort of presentable and polished, that then really pays off for your identity later. Yeah, and you know, I think this kind of comes into the fact of your the identity thing is, you know, to kind of put it in other words almost, it's like you're building a personality for your company. So how you act on social media, you know, mm-hmm. like for instance... Uh, what you don't want is you know you have like a social a twitter and you know you have one person who's really like one manager who's really sassy and like aggro and like doing edgy memes and the other person just kind of being really serious you want to have like a personality Mm. for the company almost that's like unified in a way that you know this is how you would speak so for instance you would speak differently if you're you know running let's say a a toy store to a high-end jewelers uh, even if it was the same people running the social media accounts. And I think as well, it's it's not just about being relatable. And I think edgy, as you said, is that there's quite a bit of, of social media sort of uh, interest in a lot of things like the Wendy's Twitter account. And there's a couple others who are really sort of pushing the boundaries of what is appropriate for a company to do online. And because they feel that with those tactics, they'll probably get more uh, sales, I think. But also there there's a real importance in understanding that you know it's not just about trying to relate to a potential audience it can also be the audience that you already have would love updates future um investors or maybe other business people that want to work with you would like to get a little bit of a flavor of what you do and so if it is all just memes and relatability then again your your image is sort of it doesn't appeal to all so you've maybe got to, you know, reassess what is it that you're doing? What is it that you want to do? You know, if your social media manager is somebody who really doesn't like social media, they're probably not going to be creating the best content for those platforms. Um, and that that becomes part of your identity. You know, if, if one area of the content that you're putting up online, you know, if say they pay a lot of attention to your website blogs, you know, and they're beautifully written and whatever, and then they sort of do a, a a link on another platform that's kind of badly put together or doesn't really fit, isn't cropped well, something like that. It will really come off as, as part of who you are and what you're saying. What what you mentioned there, Louise, about, you know, leaning into your strengths almost and like mm. being able to, you know, for instance, going back to the, the brand Twitter and such like that, for that, say, the, the Hedgehog Twitter, I remember they were one of the first <laughs> ones that did it where they went into, you know, doing memes and being a little bit sassy but the reason they did that is that made sense for a sassy character uh, so in the same way that yeah. it makes sense for a sassy character to be a little bit snarky on twitter it would make sense if you're doing let's say uh you know little wee kind of and like handmade like designed artisan mirrors it would maybe make sense to you know make a stronger presence on let's say pinterest where you know, people are like decorating their rooms and their houses and, you know, they're making boards and 
they're looking for items like that and you know you're kind of within mm. of that aesthetic uh, already yeah i think i think finding your audience um can be hugely beneficial towards your brand identity because if you're trying to do really bespoke jewelry sold on you know on something like twitter which is just so unnative for images and such it can be really um it can be really difficult because of course jewelry say is such a visual a visual piece um but then maybe you're you're trying to grab specifically you know maybe older businessmen there's quite a few of them on twitter that could be the spot that you're looking for so you know it's about trying to figure out especially when you're looking at branding is you know what where am i trying to where am i trying to market this and how do i want to look mm-hmm. because again anywhere on the internet is sort of all different spaces it's all different audiences and it's different people looking at your work in different ways and so tailored branding is really important absolutely uh, and i think it's you know it's not going to be the most easy in all instances for instance there's been you know a couple instances where we've had to use like darker branding and it just it's like oh that's not naka media and it doesn't fit in but you know it's, it's about kind of adapting and kind of making sure it all comes together in a way where you know people look at it and they're still like that's who i remember and you know by doing this all the time uh, throughout uh, various platforms and through materials whether it's your packaging and all that sort of stuff you know people will start to get an image of what they're looking for uh, and what they remember you for so you know if you have like the candle shop in your town it's all consistent you know they see that the post on facebook and it has this identity when they're thinking of a candle for you know somebody's birthday you would become the the image that they associate with candles so yeah i mean that that then brings around even more ideas about i think you know typography is something you love um and fonts can say so much about what exactly it is you're trying to do you know there's some good there's some good memes out there about uh comic sans and papyrus but Mm -hmm. i think that's because if you're trying to do something professional and you use say comic sans it's there there are ideas you know embedded into that font and in your branding if you're like a comic book shop and your branding is in comic sans then you've sort of got a tie in there you clearly know what you're doing but if you know you're a fancy jewelers and you're using something like papyrus which is sort of claimed to be that that egypt font which is just problematic in itself um, you know, that is a different look. Um, and, and that says stuff about who you are. You know, every little decision, even something which can seem so insignificant as a font, can actually play a lot into how professional or memorable that you are. Because you also don't want to be memorable for the wrong reason. You know, you don't want to be memorable because your sign is hard to read because you've made it yellow and purple or something like that. You know, you've got to be really careful, I think, about just what what it is you're trying to present. Yeah, and, you know, I think this this will extend to, you know, colours and shapes and everything, but uh, kind of honing in on typography as an example of that, um, you know, it's very subtle. You know, if you have, you know, an E and, you know, you, you take the middle bit of the, the E and you move it up just a little bit, then, you know, it looks like it's from the 1920s. It's Art Deco and, you know, You've got something like that, but if you move it down, it's instantly modern. And, you know, if you have it slightly mm-hmm. shorter than the other kind of top two bits of the E, you can have a little bit more playful. And, you know, for people who are maybe not 100% versed in it, it can be hard to know all the, the kind of 
subjective and kind of underlying themes that have been imbued on this uh, work over time. But I think even just giving it a, you know, like if you're, you're kind of got a font that you're going to be using throughout your brand, because it's best practice to maybe use one or two fonts throughout everything for consistency's mm. sake, kind of going back to that. But, you know, doing a little bit of research and, you know, what is the identity surrounding this typography? Um, You know, certain stuff, like if you're going for like a Times or a Georgian stuff, you know, that would be very classical. Uh, and, you know, if that's if you're opening like a small museum, that might be what you're going for. Yes. And, and even in some cases, if somebody else in your field has already got that strong branding that you're looking for, you really don't want to get mixed up in it. You know, that, that again, the idea of research is somebody else could really be on top of that Helvetica, you know, red, cool look, which you really want to go for. Um, and if they sell the same thing as you, or if it's something that can be confusing, that can get really difficult. Similarly, if they've got similar branding and they're maybe doing something that you really don't agree with, you know, distancing yourself from that is really important. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, the biggest tripfalls you see so often, uh, and especially with you know, people that are maybe newer to it, is, you know, they'll have their logo and it'll be uh, a very literal interpretation of what they do. Uh, so, for instance, you know, a computer store would have a computer as a logo, which, you know, in some cases mm. that might be worth doing. But I think it's much more interesting if you can focus on your values. So, you know, if you're the computer logo of the heart, you know, it's, you know, you're full of love, you're full of that or, you know, you're giving life to it. You can maybe go down a medical line with it. Uh, you wouldn't blend in as much with your contemporaries. You know, for instance, like yes. Apple doesn't sell apples. They just use that because it's a friendly <laughs> imagery. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, I was talking with somebody more recently um, about some branding and stuff that they were doing. And I don't want to sort of give away the ghost too much. Um, give away the ghost. That's not an expression. Um, but they they were looking at something which was Scottish based and also LGBT based. And so it was about like what kind of imagery are they looking at and, and ended up picking the unicorn which I just thought was sort of a brilliant because, of course, it's happy and friendly, but it also has so many connotations within the queer space. It's also the national in uh, instrument, national animal of Scotland. And, and I thought that was just wonderfully done there. But in the same vein, they were talking about doing something similar in England and so thought, well, what about the lion? And it ended up looking very much like um, the pro-Brexit parties and stuff because it's about these images of strength and unity and symbolism or whatever, which in the context of what they were working for, they didn't want to do. They didn't want to invoke. So, yeah, being aware of, of specifically, you know, if you're going to have an apple with a worm in it, oh, it's quite cute, but then it also has connotations of rotting and being eaten. Okay, so be aware, you know, of those and what you're trying to say. I think if you are selling something abstract, you might initially think this is going to be hard, but actually lean into that abstract element, you know, enjoy and play around with some ideas because I think creativity can be endless and there's so many ways that we have not yet explored branding and identifying ourselves. Yeah, and I, I think you, you lean into something there where, you know, right now, uh, kind of as time goes on, you know, we're, we're in a kind of a new time with design where uh, and mm. brand identity where uh, you're very much optimizing yourself for, you know, the platforms that you're on, you know, more so than ever, you know, let's say like we go back 15 years ago, you know, the a shoe store, you know, 
they're they would only have you know the logo on the sign maybe on a bag maybe on a box but now you know they might have an app so it needs the logo needs to work really small they'll be on facebook so it needs to be something that you can help get information from quickly so yep being able to you know make sh- think help keep that in mind that you know this logo might not will need to maybe go on a lorry and be like a profile like an icon on twitter that people are scrolling past very quickly is uh, mm. a real balancing act so it's about you know expressing those values in a, a simplistic manner if you know what i mean I mean, and and an awareness that you will develop over time that, you know, your personality will change and that, you know, as the company grows or changes or as you want to look at something else or focus somewhere else, um, you might need different ideas in your branding. Absolutely. And one of my favorite things is I would highly recommend going back and listening to our interview with Danielle. But I think Mm. one of the things that I really liked about um, how they do their work is that you look at the data and I think this is especially mm-hmm. important yes. because when you look at like designs and ideas, you know, um, you know, especially if it's abstract, as you say, Louise, um, you know, it can be hard to get like that feeling of this feels right because, you know, the logo that you've maybe had for 15 years is built up 15 years of being right. You know, you're used to it. You, you've seen it everywhere. Um and, you know, that stuff that builds upon time and once it's new, you don't have that kind of embedded meaning yet because it may have not been used yet. But that'll come with time. So using the data to instruct what you're doing and how the band should be like, being like, yeah, you know, the the most popular, you know, kind of uh, dress shoe that we're selling is kind of in that oxblood red color. So let's do branding around that and, you know, have that kind yeah. of royalness to our company. You know, that's looking at the data maybe. Yeah. And as well, I think if you're starting out, you might not necessarily have that specifically tailored data, but there is still loads of data out there. And, and you know, finding the relevant data might be a little bit tricky, but there is some brilliant stuff you can use in terms of, OK, so people in my sector, what are people looking for? What are people making? What are people doing? You know, what are people selling? What does that look like? What can I look like to be different? is it's key especially when you're starting out yeah and i think like a wonderful example of that is uh, the nike swoosh you know it was a logo that mm. was hated when they bought it they bought the logo for 50 pounds um and they absolutely hated it because they're like it's just it's just like a line what does that mean but it was only after time when you know they had symbolically attached that to you yeah, know yeah. the idea of you know just do it and you know athletes and athleticism and running and they incorporated it in design that it built that meaning and now you can kind of look at that swoosh and you know you you don't need to have even the, the words attached to it yeah for sure um you know I mean, it's they're an awful company, but but Shell. Yeah. <laughs> you think about that, you know, that is the Shell, and you can see it. You can see the idea and <clears throat> the ideas behind it that it's trying to invoke. Um, this is incredibly strong branding, and they put it on everything because it's it's the way it is, and that's you know what you've got to do to link that branding to your work. There's there's some really amazing branding studies out there. And, and sort of really nice videos about how to best, you know, remember branding. And, and especially at the start, it's not that you need to revolutionize everything and change everything and make something that is so incredibly, you know, amazing. But having something that people like to look at is really important. So you might really like the logo, but if 
you know, your market research shows that people are like, oh God, it's a bit, ooh. you know, or it's maybe not super symmetrical or you didn't spend super long on it. It's worth investing that time at the start. Absolutely. Because, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, logos, you know, quickly just go everywhere. And, you know, it might be fun to use like a temp one that you've maybe made very quickly um, at the start. But, you know, a year down the line and you're just like, oh, what did we sign up for Twitter? I can't remember. Or did we sign up for this? Or, you know, maybe if you give, let's say, you know, um, if you're in like a business society or group and they've got a copy of your logo and then, you know, two years down the line, once you've changed logo and they're writing an article and they just go in their their database and just pull one out. It can be a little bit frustrating to see that the brand that you care so much about and have spent time building being misrepresented because, you know, uh, a poor quality assets or colors even uh, that you don't use anymore have been circulated yeah and so staying on top of it is really important um because yes yeah, stuff changes and and looks changes i think as well as aesthetic qualities look you know you can look back 10 years and go oh gosh doesn't that look old or doesn't that look cringy um, you know, quality specifically, I think, within the last five years has, has jumped up so much that we're now using 4K regularly. You know, so if your advert is filmed in like 720p, it's going to look old. You know, whether you spent the time then to make it well, it's just stuff changes. And, and you know, that's part of your identity. If, if your website, if you haven't looked at your own website in a very long time, then you're sort of starting to miss something because new people will be looking at it with new eyes every day. You know, new people will be coming to every single image, every single logo, every single button, you know, and interacting with that all the time. And you've got to make sure that it is up to date. Part one of the best ways to do that is when you're making your um, assets and your identity and, you know, you're doing that at first, you know, you're designing the logos and stuff, mm. is if you can, especially if it's something that, you know, you can't really afford, to you know have a full-time designer or have somebody in do stuff every now and then and if it's something that you know you're just getting like a core package and you're doing the rest is you know communicating with you know who's either making this for you or designing the assets themselves to be fairly modular in the sense that you know it's fairly easy for you to kind of create stuff in that vein without having to be a designer so for instance for our company if we wanted to make some documentation and we you know that had that knack of vibe you know we've got the colors we have the fonts that are kind of standardized and we can mm. have a, a kind of a spacing you know a natural spacing to things that you know feels very knack of media-esque and you know that's something that will make things a lot easier if you know you're making a poster for you know a sale or something like that you know if you've got those like yeah, even if it's like rules a, yeah you know if it's like you've got like circles in your design and like some bulky-esque look having that kind of like almost like a wallpaper and you can put some text on there will make things easier in future yeah definitely skimping out is is not what you want to do and it's not just about making one image and then putting it everywhere as we said it needs to be versatile you know and as as the social media platforms changes and as you know billboards change and and posters change um making sure that you can adapt to that as well is really important for your branding and you know it's definitely handy even at like it, it's a very easy thing to neglect or feel is not too important at the the small stages but i think especially at what we've seen um with uh, our experience yeah. louise you know coming from like having two years where we were creating stuff but 
once we formed that brand and identity, there was a, we definitely got taken a lot more seriously, even if the work we'd done hadn't changed radically. For sure. I mean, I mean, it's, it happens in your everyday life. I, I was looking for a driving instructor and, and their website was over 10 years old. And, you know, you're like, yep, no, I'm not going to go with that. Um, because I think, you know, I, okay, to be fair, I did go with them, but that's because I called them up and she was lovely. But it was incredibly off-putting and it made me look for other places from the start. Um, you know, and their brand is that, you know, they're lovely and welcoming and they'll teach you how to drive in this local area, but it didn't look like they'd been running. You know, it was a very old website and that's really off-putting. And and yeah, you've got to rem- you've got to be aware that people will will just will judge you so incredibly harshly off of your identity. You know, people will judge you for how you look in that selfie. People will judge you for what you're holding, what you're doing. But I don't think you you know you've got to try and stay not disillusioned, the opposite, illusioned. I don't know. You've got to try and to stay aware of how you look because it's so easy to just forget. Or, or think, okay, it's done, and then move on. But sort of your identity is constantly being built. Absolutely. And, you know, it's something that, you know, can communicate so much because, um, you know, as you say, people are judging very harshly and at the same time very fe- fleetingly. So even mm. if you've written a, a good paragraph about your values and some of the great work that you've done, you know, some people just won't read that Comic Sans passage. Uh <laughs> to use a extreme example but <laughs> you can like those first impressions you know they might just look around this like see that you know the web page of the the site and just be like that's not worth it uh so i think you know obviously keeping things up to date is one thing but you know keeping it consistent throughout where you mm. know you know if you're doing random facebook uh, instagram posts that look all different and weird and seem like they were taken yeah. from 50 different cameras you know people like it'll not have the professionalism that maybe somebody who's looking for a professional photographer, wedding photographer might be looking for. I think something that we have to remember as well as individuals um, is that, you know, we also sell branding and identity as a service. So it's something we have thought a lot about. And therefore, with our particular branding and identity, we want to be particularly careful because that's what we're selling. So we've got to sort of show that we're doing it well. And so don't necessarily be worried if this is the first time that you're coming to some of these ideas and you're like, holy crappers, this sounds super complicated or this is really difficult. It can actually be really easy because so much is about a feeling, you know, because it's such quick ideas and imagery. So much of it is about, oh, yeah, well, I saw this and I really liked it and I want to do something similar. Or, you know what, these colours, they just do feel right. I'll I'll do that. You know, all, all of that is, is sort of... You can you can be surprised at how easy it is to do quite decent branding, wouldn't you say? Uh, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, even just as like a, a brand identity as a whole is, you know, if you understand your values, you know, you can understand, you know, what's uh, important. So, you know, if you're doing, uh, let's say, a, a travel company, you know, it's maybe important for, you know, you know, things like values people appreciate is, you know, you being on time because, you know, they want, you know, they want their plane to be there on time. You know, that's something like if mm. you turn up 50 minutes late, it's like, oh, if that's what they're like for this, what's the actual things they're book selling me going to be like? Yeah, because that's part of your identity. I mean, even meeting in person to, to sort of extend on brand identity to a little bit more of an abstract space, 
But if you represent your brand, that's going to come across negatively if if you are are sort of uh, sloppy or 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 have you know if you've stepped in a puddle and there's mud all up, it's that kind of oh gosh, and now I now I look muddy. But if you're being really friendly and you're still being nice and you're like oh sorry, I just made this mistake, people will not judge you as much. People will think something else. You know, at the end of the day, it does depend on which people you're interacting with. But most you know can forgive little errors if if you are then compensating in other areas but yeah if you turn up you know and you shake somebody's hand and you take their shoulder out they're gonna remember that mm. yeah i remember and you know it can work uh wonders because i remember once I, I had a meeting with somebody uh it was last uh christmas and you know mm. going down it was super early it was like an eight o'clock in the morning one uh quite far away from me and you know like maybe 30 minutes before the meeting I slid on ice and like messed my wrist up and then also cracked Mm. my phone to the point where it was like completely not working so got composure went in had this great chat near the end of the meeting we were were scheduling another one in and he was like oh what happened to your phone it's like oh you know just uh uh, you know, I like literally just made a mess of myself like five minutes ago and then like through that it was like oh wow you, you've been fairly put together you know <laughs> hope you're doing all right sort of thing where you know that was able to you know subconsciously it wasn't a plan but was able to communicate uh, an element of oh this people this guy keeps composure under this kind of annoying situation yeah. but as well i think is showing empathy um you know and, and care is really important as well um, you know, if you're going into a meeting and somebody has sort of just had a struggle or they're maybe a bit tired or, or something's not quite right, understanding, you know, well, everyone has bad days and this isn't necessarily exactly how they look, but, you know, and sort of giving, I think, a benefit of the doubt. But if somebody is being consistently difficult to, you know, I mean, we all know about people being consistently difficult to work with. It makes you not want to work with them. It makes you not want to identify with that brand and those ideas. And yeah, and I think the the great thing about that is, you know, quite often I think a, a tripfall people fall into is, you know, they... A pitfall. A pitfall people trip into. How about exactly. That? The compromise is that they'll have their company and, you know, they'll think the world of it, naturally so, but part of that, you know, they'll the values of the company become so broad that um, mm. just by thinking, you know, of course, you know, we're like the most, like, artisan this or the most bespoke this or we're also the most professional this and the most creative that where you know they become so multifaceted in the kind of language that they use for themselves and random in a sense that you know it seems a little bit dishonest but if you kind of go into it if you know it's like hey our photography is you know really just like tumblr aesthetic and that's our vibe being able to simplify that messaging kind of has an element of honesty of this is who we are yeah your your branding might be super whack but if it is what you need for your purpose then stick to it um because that's really important and yeah you know here at naka media we're really proud of our branding and identity i think we've worked very hard on it but also you know it's something that we are continually working on and that we are constantly not like evolving but we are constantly adding to and chipping away at and and you know doing a little bit more every time um and say what would you do anton if you if you wanted to see our, our social medias oh 
why indeed you can head to at Nakamedia LLP on Instagram and Facebook we also have a YouTube but they don't have at symbols because they're madmen. Uh, and then there is also a website that also doesn't have an at symbol it does have a couple W's at the front nakamedia.co.uk and a, a very similar email contact at nakamedia.co.uk where you can see our email signature if we, we you know if yeah, we have a conversation brand identity full circle and, and that's <laughs> you know that's part of it is having our name on all of these different platforms and our you know colors on all these different platforms and our picture and yet yeah, <clears throat> a signature at the end of an email might not seem super important but it's part that every time people talk to us they see that picture and exactly. that's that's just really important and yeah and you know you know it's really important and that's like it's that's why it was so hard for us to find like venetian red ravens but they do a good job <laughs> uh, they are good boys oh, <laughs> they're such good boys somebody once said oh gosh what's happened to your raven i'm like no he's always like that yeah. that's how they're meant to look um which i think while i'm on there having a slight color palette fantastic free free colors mm. no more no less uh, it's all handy really great. I, I, Accent color, a dark color, a light color. You're brilliant. But that's it. Not for the outro. <laughs> I think I think that's everything we wanted to say today. Yeah, and if you have any questions, feel free to get in contact. Um, and if you've run a business or you're thinking about it, uh, we'd love to have you on. Um, brilliant stuff, eh? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much for listening and bye for now. Au revoir.